millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Lost Interview edition of Black Hole Cinema, hosted by me, Tony Black. Last summer, when the podcast came to a brief halt for about six months, I realized there were several interviews I did with friends and colleagues online that hadn't actually been released. So instead of them sitting on my hard drive, I thought, why not release them in between the new podcasts we're doing for however long they go on for and give those really interesting interviews about certain films the light of day. So over the next few weeks, we're going to have several different interviews from several different people about several different, more than likely quite classic films. So without further ado, welcome to The Lost Interviews. Okay, welcome back everybody to this Special section of Black Hole Cinema in which I get a guest on and they talk about their favourite movie. And I'm delighted to say that uh, this week it is uh, my friend, good friend from the internet, Mr. Chris Haig. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. Very well. Not doing too badly. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Um, you're joining an illustrious line of people from across Europe now. Um, wow. As yes, we've had a guy from Italy and we've had a guy from uh, Weatherby, so we're covering all the bases. <laughs> Ends of the spectrum. You've got Weatherby and Italy. I mean, you can't go wrong, really, can you? No, we can't. Where 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 are you from? Leeds. Leeds. That's just down the down the road from Weatherby, isn't it? So um, yeah, it's yeah, not far. We're we're covering all of Yorkshire eventually. That's the plan. So, uh, Chris, what uh, what film then are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking about uh, Rear Window, which is the 1954 film by kind of film author Alfred Hitchcock. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. Excellent choice. A uh, registered classic from uh, yes. Big Hitch. I'm going to come out and I'm going conf- to confess this right now. I've not seen this. So it's it's going to be something that you're going to be recommending me to go and watch. Even beyond the fact that 
it's Hitchcock, and I eventually intend to watch everything Hitchcock has ever done. It's just one that's always bypassed me. So let's get to the nub of this. Well, what, what, why don't you tell us to start off with what what's what, what is Rear Window then? What, what, what's, it, what's it about? Rear Window is a very simplistic sort of thriller about an apartment complex in New York where you have James Stewart, who's a photographer, who's broken his leg, and he's he's spending six weeks in a cast, and all he can do is look out of the window and see other apartments. And it's during this time that he believes that he witnesses a murder. And so it's the slowly unravelling of, did he actually see it? Is he going mad? So so it it is a psychological thriller, but then it's very... It's dark in places, but it's very funny, and it's possibly the best example of Hitchcock using suspense. It's, It's a very taught, very straightforward, streamlined kind of thriller. There's no subplots, there's no big sets. It literally takes place in Jim Stewart's apartment, and that's it. It's yeah. So it's it's very just one one story, like you say, streamlined. No yeah. fat, no fat on it, nothing else. And yeah. I'm guessing it's just a escalating, like you say, escalating build of suspense throughout. And obviously he's the master of suspense, isn't he, Hitchcock? So it's it's one of those things that he really knows how to ratchet that up, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's very weird because, I mean, normally we associate with Hitchcock, it is pure sort of terror because you've got the birds and then you've got kind of the beginning of the slasher film in Psycho mm. and it's got all these sort of things. But with Rear Window, it's very... Bloodless, but it's also the best way to describe it probably is that it just um, it's very sort of human based, and it's a lot about the psychological mind, and it's a lot about these big themes which Hitchcock has. So it's like isolation, it's fear, it's um, about active and passive roles, about it's it's a very deep film, but you can just look at it as a simple did so-and-so kill his wife premise. Mm. So you can look at it on a number of levels, but at, at the end of the day, it's a fun thriller. You can stick on a Friday night with a big thing of popcorn and a beer. So it works either way. Do you think this is Hitchcock's best film, would you say? Uh, for me, well, it's my, it's my personal favourite, but I don't know if it's his best because he's done that many and they're all... While they are different, a lot of them do share certain things. For example, the first Hitchcock I ever saw was Psycho. Mm. And I saw so on Sky Movies, and I thought, oh my god, this is amazing. And I bought it, and I loved it. But then, because he did, he's done about 30, 40 films, everyone has their own favourite for different reasons. So I think it's very hard to sort of say, this is the best Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I suppose it is personal, isn't it? It does depend... It does depend. I suppose a lot of people would say Psycho, wouldn't they? You know, it's the first one a lot of people think of when they think of Hitchcock, yeah. isn't it? Um, well, that's the shower scene. It's you know Marion Lee. It's you know the mm. big house and the motel. So yeah, that's what most people think of. But you know, everyone has their own film. Everyone has you know like their own personal taste, that sort of thing. Well, what makes this your favourite film? Because obviously this. You know, it's it's I hesitate to say unorthodox choice, but it's it's one that goes back. Obviously, it's quite an old film now. It is a well-known film, obviously, and Hitchcock's, yeah. Hitchcock's a very well-known director. 
But, you know, a lot of people say more modern, more mainstream films, or don't they, or, or more adventure films or things. So what, why, why, why have you picked this, basically, as your favourite ever? I think it boils down to the fact that if you... I mean, for me personally, it is... You know, some people say, oh, this film's like a perfect film, it's got a perfect mix. I think for me, it's got a very good tight blend of very good characterization, very strong plot because it came from a, a short story originally. And it's also, I mean, the cast is amazing because you've got James Stewart, you've got Grace Kelly, you've got Thelma Ritter, you've got um, all these fantastic actors who at the time were sort of very solid. So there's no real weak link. And I think I personally enjoy it because, I don't know, but I just, I always have the sub about the film that I thought, that's quite, it's scary but intelligent at the same time. So there are moments of terror, but it's always very well planned out. It's not like, um, I mean, an example is if you look at any kind of generic slasher film where there'll be moments of sort of jumping out your seat, but you won't really think about it. And a lot of what Hitchcock does is he not only makes you think about it, but it's almost a bit like that Nietzsche thing of when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back into you. So yeah. he always shines a light on some very dark kind of human issues. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he does, he, he's got a way of doing it where he kind of, he does it in a very accessible way, but you're right in that it's, he, he, he's, and he's he was famous for this in real life, wasn't he? Having this really dark and twisted kind of sense of humour. Yes. And playing pranks on his actors and things like that. But he also, you know, seemed to do that in his work in that there was always a very, very dark, very dark centre to everything he did. But he would often throw in bits of comedy or he would he would yeah. kind of make it, like I say, accessible to people without it becoming this real sort of completely scary thing. It was, it was very clever the way he did it. Well, exactly, because if you look at... Uh, there are some ones which are definitely sort of more... Like, for example, there are big elements of Rear Window which are funny because Thelma, Thelma Ritter's character, Stella, is kind of a follower to James Stewart. She's not the romantic interest, but she's kind of this maternal big sister sort of figure and she's always quite funny and quite insightful. Mm. But then if you do look like uh, one of the films from the 70s, it's called Frenzy, which if you haven't seen, I highly recommend it. Mm. And that is about a serial killer in London set in the 70s, and it's very, it's very dark. Yeah. And it's got a very dark sense of humour. So I think you're right in saying that when Hitchcock kind of has this dark centre to everything he does, and, you know, as we've learned in the way he treated his actors and actresses and how methodical it was, I think that it, it will always reflect on his life. Because if you... The way he takes the concept of Rewindow, which is basically someone thinks someone else has been murdered by their spouse... In any other context, it could be very dark, very suspenseful, very scary, which he does take, but he also balances out with a lot of humour. Mm. It's never, you know, oh, you know, isn't it funny, so-and-so's killed his wife. It's always, oh, so-and-so's killed his wife, but then they always manage to balance it out. Yeah. It's a very well-balanced film because it takes a very dark premise, but also some great sort of comedy with it. And there's always that dark comedy that is there in Hitchcock. So it's... A, that's why I like it. It treads a very fine line. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Between the tragic and the comic. Yeah. It's, it, that almost describes him as, him as a director, though, doesn't it? I mean, there's, there, did you see the, um, the recent Hitchcock film with Anthony Hopkins? Do you know what I didn't, and I really wanted to? It's not brilliant, but it, it, it's, it is quite good. And one of the things that... Uh, there's a scene in it where he basically spies on Janet Leigh. She's getting, I think it's Janet Leigh, um, and Scarlett Johansson in that film plays Janet Leigh. And there's a scene where he, he spies on her through this spy hole he's got underneath, like um, a picture frame on the wall, and he spies on her getting changed at one point. And it's it's quite creepy. Um, and the whole th- the film, that to be honest, tre- treats Hitchcock with a bit like you know. Um, they're, they're quite kind to him in that film. You know, he, he, he yeah. should have made something a bit more savage. But the, the point is that he had an element of voyeurism in everything he did, didn't he? You know, there was always this... Like, yeah. And that was his personal character coming out. And if, if anything, Rear Window, surely, is the biggest example of that, isn't it? The whole idea of voyeurism in his work. And it's, it's just... It's interesting how I think a lot of his films reflect things that were going on in his, in his, in his head, specifically. Yeah, no, no, I agree, because, I mean, if we're talking to talk about voyeurism, it is the biggest kind of a sort of exercise in how voyeurism affects us, and how, and one of the famous lines is uh, from Sel, she says, we've all become a race of peeping toms, which is actually more valid today than it was 50 years ago, or mm. 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I realised it's 60 years old, this. But yeah, it's incredibly valid now because when you look at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, you know, everything, we have become literally a world of people where all we want to do is, you know, look and keep looking and it's security and it relates to, you know, everything that's going on in our lives. So I think Hitchcock was very much into voyeurism, like that scene you described from Hitchcock. And I, I don't know if you know this, but that is literally a reflection of what happens in Psycho. Mm. Mm. Norman Bates spying on um, the character of Marion yeah. through the in the and into the bathroom. So it's a weird example. I mean, if it is true, you know, of um, sort of art imitating life or life imitating art, whichever it may be. But yeah, he did always have these very like a lot of the themes in films were he had very sort of messed up issues towards his mother. In various films, you do see there's the twisted sort of relationships between the male and female characters like in Real Window a big thing is about um, when you look around the various apartments you do, you see very short snippets of people's lives and so it's from a from your essentially POV so you see uh, the newlywed couple moving in you see the older couple you see um, the man who kills his wife you see the young woman with a boyfriend away overseas so you see all these little stories and it's how they relate and it also is how they relate to the central relationship between James Stewart and Grace Kelly and it's very complex about how the relationships between men and women are and how they can change and how they can either be positive or how they can be negative so that's a big thing that was coming through particularly because Hitchcock was uh, married and he had a I, I think he had a very supportive relationship with his wife but it was quite unusual given 
his kind of proclivities towards actresses like Tippi Hedren and, you know, Grace Kelly and, you know, so on and so forth. Well, it's, it's interesting because that film, that biopic, gets into that because Helen Mirren plays his wife. Yeah. That, and she was instrumental in in him being the success he was because she would, she would do all kinds of things. She would help him edit it. She would help him edit the film. She'd help him write the scripts. She'd, she'd do everything. And she was his rock, really. It's the whole thing of behind every great man is a great woman. And she, she's proof of that, really. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, if anything, she's the best thing in the film, obviously, partly because she's Helen, Helen Mirren and she's great in everything. But it's also the fact that the character Alma, Revel her name was, she, she's, um, she's got her own, like, issues with everything as well and she knows the kind of weird shit that he likes and that he's clearly got this strange sort of fascination and creepy fascination for his for his actresses and it comes through his work and it's 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 the best thing about Hitchcock the the biopic that portraying that relationship between them and that's why in all these films you know there, there are elements of that in everything but in terms of um Rear Window do you do you think that part of the reason that it's you're such a fan of it comes down to you know a lot of the constituent elements like like you mentioned you know Thelma Ritter in the, in the casting do you think it's things like Jimmy Stewart you know playing you know Jeff and all, all these all these you know, the main character and stuff do you think it's a lot of it comes down to that just the whole element of casting and such for me it was one of the very first James Stewart films I saw. It was the first Grace Kelly film I saw. Mm. Um, and there were tons of fantastic actors who were in very small little roles. And yeah, it does completely come down to it because James Stewart is definitely one of the best actors I think there's ever been. And it's weird because when you first meet Jeff, it's... He's not instantly likable. He's not James Stewart's usual sort of, you know, happy-go-lucky hero. He is quite uh, sarcastic. He's quite cynical. He's um, not exactly mean, but the way he is with um, Lisa, who's uh, Grace Kelly, is it, it's a strange relationship because normally in Hollywood, or certainly in sort of, you know, in the Hayes Code era of Hollywood, you either have a man and a woman meet and they might, you know, not get on at first, but by the end they're together, you know, kind of like in screwball comedies. Or you'd have a couple who are together and they stay together and it's a positive relationship throughout. Mm. And this is weird because it's in a, they're in a relationship where clearly Lisa is in love with Jeff and she, you know, she wants to be with him and she wants to go, because he's a photojournalist, so he goes around all the time, you know, different parts of the world and different expeditions, all that sort of thing. So she really wants to go with him and be with him and be the supportive kind of influence. And yet, he, uh, Jeff is very sort of focused in keeping the status quo. He basically wants to have Lisa as his girlfriend, but he's a bit afraid of commitment. Mm. So it's very the way that James Stewart manages to pull this kind of tightrope act off of being not necessarily the best guy, but you still root for him and like him and so forth. And Grace Kelly is, I mean, obviously she's beautiful and so on and so forth, but this is probably the best Hitchcock performance she's pulled in because she did three films with him. She did Dylan for Murder, which is great. If anyone hasn't seen it, then absolutely go see it. Um, and after that, she did To Catch a Thief with Cary Grant, which she was also uh, pretty good in. But to 
me, she really does sort of knock out the power agreement because she manages to be kind of this epitome or paragon of the perfect woman, and yet she isn't. She gets frustrated and angry, and it's quite a nice, well-rounded portrayal of a woman, really, in 1950s film, where a lot of women were basically, they've either had to be the perfect housewife, or the femme fatale, or, you know, the silly, whatever, and it's just, it's nice to see a female character, particularly in a Hitchcock film, it has to be said, a lot of Hitchcock's females, going back to what you were saying, they're very kind of one-note. Mm. Uh, they can be, because Hitchcock, like I said, he had a bit of a thing for the kind of the icy blonde who, you know, was slowly warm up throughout the film, and that appears all, all over the place. It's in North by Northwest, it's in Psycho, it's in The Birds, it's in Marnie, and yeah, that's what I really do enjoy, because you do get these great actors putting in some very great performances. That is a big part of it, you know, because you can have a fantastic story, but if the you know, if they're mis- miscast or they're just not giving it their all, then it just, it, it sucks. It, yeah. You know, it's a bit of a bad, it's a, it's a good premise wasted on, you know, lack of enthusiasm. Mm. But it does come together, really, and that's what I enjoy about it. So, finally then, if you were to, you know, you've made a great case for this film and you really, you really sold it brilliantly, but if there was one reason that people should wa- go and watch Rear Window right now, myself included, what would you say it was? I would say if you are stuck on, you know, thinking, oh, why should I see Rear Window? See it because it's the best example of everything about Hitchcock at his finest. Because you've got the great sort of central premise, you've got the great casting, you've got very good sets, you've got fantastic direction, you've got some very cool um, direction techniques. You've got basically, if you like Hitchcock and you haven't seen him or you haven't seen any Hitchcock and you think, oh, it might be nice to check him out. See Rear Window because at least then you'll have seen Hitchcock when he was at his finest. Because in the 50s, that's really when he was sort of mm. on his game. He slipped a bit towards the sort of uh, mid-60s. He wasn't doing as well. So go see it. That was right when he was in the heart of being sort of a, the, one of the biggest directors in Hollywood. So yeah, go see it because it's the perfect kind of fusion of everything he's about into a 90-minute film. And it's fair to say that, and I include, I include myself in this, you're not a completist in terms of movies if you haven't seen Hitchcock or, you know, most of Hitchcock. Oh, um, no. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, required, it's required viewing, and I haven't seen enough of them yet either, so that's my homework. <laughs> Well, that was great. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me on.